Okay. This is No Laugh Track, Acme Comedy's official podcast, episode number 19. No, 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 19. 19. My name's Justin Severson. My guest is Justin McKinney. Yes. Where our names are spelled differently. It's spelled completely differently. Yeah. And Mine's correct. Yours is... Mine is a typo. <laughs> and that's... Uh, look, it pains me. I don't know how much you want to talk about this, because I do talk about my name, because it's been a huge burden in my life. And Go ahead. Do you know the story? No. You don't know the, the, the true story of my name. First of all... It's uh, Justin, like you say yours, but it's with an O. So nobody ever spells it right. So my whole life, it's been whether it's been report card, um, uh, diplomas, you name it, job app, everything is always spelled lockers. It's always spelled wrong. Everyone t- just takes it upon themselves I tell people, to correct it. I say it's just. I put it as an O. I'll write it as an O, and they make it an I. Yeah. It's like nobody wants to see it. No one wants to go along with it. No one wants to jump on the bandwagon. So it's just been a huge disaster. I remember in in, in this business. I remember, you know, uh, go, you know, I'm, I want to get fans. People Google me. If you Google it, Google doesn't want anything to do with it. It's like, did you mean Justin? You know what I mean? It's like right. it won't even. And I'm like, Idiot, learn it. You Google. mean Justin? It's yeah. not. There's no O. I'm like Google. You have two O's. You weren't even a word ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Can I just have my one freaking O? Yeah. And I'm like, how would you like if I did that? If I like, you should Google it. You mean giggle it? I go, that would bother you. <laughs> so I basically, it's been this huge thing. And the real story is because I finally asked my dad. And 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 look, the issue with it is that you never see it with an O. Like if your name's Brian, but it's spelled with a Y, you're a douche. And, but and you. T- no, if, if it's Brian with a Y, you're yeah, a douche? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian's with a Y's out kidding. there. I'm just kidding. I guess you're real douchebags. Um, and that's got an O. Douche with an O. <laughs> um, but basically, if you, if you, I can't even just say it's Justin with a no. If you say, if your name is Brian, you say Brian with a Y, everyone knows where the Y goes, right? If you order something on the phone or you're, mm. you know, what's your name, you know? Yeah. So I have to say it's Justin with an O, and then they're always like J O S T I N. Like nobody knows where the O is right. supposed to go because it's that uncommon so i've got to spell it out for the rest of my life so it's like not just justin with an o it's like just i mean if i go to starbucks or something like that and they write it on the cup i don't even put up a fight i'm like just spell it with an i we all know what you mean you know what i mean no one's gonna ask me right no one asks you how to spell justin because there's only one way to spell the freaking thing so i finally uh asked my dad you know why he did it and his honest answer was he uh because i was born just on time and he was being funny he's like oh you were born just on time it's funny right and i that was his and i'm like and i could remember just thinking i'm like are you kidding me i go first of all it could have been just in time right it's the same joke the joke is just in time yeah it's not just on time yeah so he got that joke wrong so (laughs) i came into the world as a bad joke as a bad pun that wasn't even delivered right so how i became a comedian I'll never know. Well, let's talk about how you got your sense of humor from your mom then. Yeah. <laughs> I, you must have. I must have. But my mom passed when I was six. Oh. Yeah. Well, genetics though. So uh, genetically, I, I think I did. But actually, because my, yeah, my mom was a big joke teller, I, I heard. Yeah. And, uh, but. Um, so did, who did you blame your whole this life? This podcast just got really weird. Yeah. This is who, who, on who, the couch. No. Who, who did you? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bring it up. I'm comfortable with it. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, she's up there watching over me. Sure. Oh, right yeah. now. And she's very proud that I'm on no laugh track. That's right. Did, uh, who did you blame your whole life on for, for the name? Um, Mom or dad or both? I just, I think that, uh, I think it was my dad. I think my dad was like, I think that was true. I think he's, my dad thinks he's funny like that. He's always doing these, these corny jokes like that. So I think that was his sense of humor. And I, so yeah, so I think he like battled for that. And, uh, you know, no, I'm going to call my parents and ask because that sounds like a joke that my dad would think is hilarious as well. Yeah. Wouldn't but, that be crazy if that was my same story? Yeah, but couldn't it have been? Yeah, but you're right. But it was just in time. Yeah, yeah. you were born just in time. But like you, your dad would have got the joke right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have said to my dad, I'm like, Dad, Justin doesn't have an O in it. Alcoholic does. Because my dad was a, was a big drinker. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, my dad. He's quite a character. So that was the, that was it. His name is Perry. And when he passes on his gravestone, I'm going to spell it with an O. It's going to be Pory. And it's payback's a bitch. Damn right. My dad actually is doing well, and, and that's something. My dad was homeless for 10 years, homeless alcoholic. He's now been sober for like uh, four years. It's a pretty really? Re- yes, pretty remarkable story. Holy crap. Yeah. Yep. 
we literally thought he was going to die on the streets, like literally. I mean, he was like the homeless guy you see walking around with a long beard, sleeping under the bridge, you know, alcoholic drinking. Yeah, it was like literally rock bottom. He just lived in rock bottom. What for city was that in? Eight years back in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which is a pretty cold city in the winter. And you're from New Hampshire. Yeah, right? I'm from New Hampshire and Maine. Yeah, my whole yeah. life right on the border. Yeah. I lived uh, one side of New Hampshire, and then in fifth grade, I moved right to the next town, which is right on the state line. So for the next half. So <laughs> sure. literally okay. right on that right on that border but um but it's funny because we thought he was going to die on the streets and i was thinking of what i was going to put on his gravestone I and mean, what do you put on a gravestone of, of a homeless guy and i was going to put like uh i tried to think of what i could put like yeah. um you know save the save your change too late <laughs> or um don't be sad uh, don't be sad this is the best box i've ever had <laughs> no but anyway that's awful <laughs> Uh, can you spare some flowers? Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Yeah, spare a flower. Yeah, spare a flower. Spare a flower for yeah. a vet. Can you spare a flower? But I remember when my dad uh, first became homeless. It was quite a thing because I remember he asked if I. Uh, um, what? How did he say it? He's like, um, oh, do you? I, he goes, do you have any change? And I was like, for what? A five? A ten? He yeah. goes, no, for me. Holy shit. <laughs> so that was it, yeah. Wow. But growing up, I was lucky. Uh, I was really lucky. So my aunt moved in. It was my mom's sister, and that was a whole uh, crazy situation. They ended up together. So I was really raised by my aunt and my dad, if you can wrap your head around that. Wait a second. Okay. It's my mom's so- sister. Wow. Then moved in, yeah, after my mom she- passed. Mom passed. Aunt moves in. Yep. Was she dad inviter, or did she say, I'm going to come I think it was kind of just happened. You know, she had a couple kids, too. She had actually three kids of her own, and they all kind of moved in together, and then it was, you know, that kind of thing. But then they ended up together. I mean, they ended up, you know, sleeping in the same bed. I mean, it was pretty weird waking up with, uh, you know, dad and aunt in bed. How did you find... How did did you... Wow. I thought that's what happened. I thought that, that if someone passed away, you know, you just, you know... The next closest the relative sibling. takes you, you into the sibling because when I had a girl, <laughs> when I had a girlfriend in junior high, I hope nothing ever happened to her because uh, she only had a brother. <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm like that would have been weird. That would have been awkward. <laughs> that that would yeah <laughs> that would be. But it's all good. I mean, look, they took care of us. They always made sure that we had cigarettes and alcohol on the table. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and wow. lottery tickets. And lottery tickets. Yeah. I question their uh, their choices. <laughs> it's like I played football in eighth grade, running back with no cleats, right? And I don't know if you ever played football. Yeah. Cleats, you, cleats are important. Yeah, you need them. You know, it's like traction. It's, the grass gets wet sometimes. You can't really run and cut. Yeah. So I was a running back, and I never thought about much about it, but it was just it struck me that, uh, you know, they'd buy $100 worth of Megabucks tickets. And like I like you know I could use some cleats you know what I mean I mean you know take twenty bucks of that give me some cleats could you buy eighty lottery tickets you know and get me some cleats yeah. so aren't any of those ever winners yeah that's oh, I'm telling you it's crazy I know I mean we're gonna probably lose anyway at least let me have some cleats now we're losing the lottery and our football game yeah because their running backs got no cleats it's he's crazy. sliding over the uh, ends, oh any the sweep if they said sweep left I'm like uh oh more like slide McKenny's gonna sleep oh yeah. The announcer would be like, and McKinney's got the ball, and he's hit hard by nobody. <laughs> he just wiped out. Loss of three. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about nice. Aunt moving in. That's that's fascinating to me. It was, uh, yeah, it's something I don't really talk about a lot. Um, but it was, uh, like I said, it just I was six years old, so I was just about to seven. So I was probably seven when she moved in. Um, and it was... Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It, I mean, it was everything you would expect. Um. How, how long was she? Did, was, how did that relationship work? All that through, go? I was through high school. Yeah, where did they still? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, no, obviously, no, he was homeless, my dad so became homeless. She moved on and remarried. Is that yeah. how he ended up? Did she? You don't have. You don't he, have to say. Did she get? Did he uh, have to hit the road? Um, he, no, he just basically, uh, you know, once my younger brother got out, he just, you know, stopped paying everything. He lost the house, lost everything. Yeah. House was boarded up that I grew up in and he just ended up uh, living on the street. He had nowhere to go. She had somewhere to go. Um, yeah, I mean, or maybe he, he just kind of, you know, 
wasn't into it anymore or whatever. You know, he had a he had a tough, you know, it was tough, but now he's doing amazing. It's really uh it's amazing. He was homeless for ten years and I remember when he Did first you see him in that ten year period? Oh yeah, I would go see him. I mean, my brothers and I would joke like at Christmas time, like we used to take turns whose turn it was to go find him because we didn't know where yeah. he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd have to go find him for Christmas dinner and bring him over. And and it was you know, the running joke was we wouldn't refer to him as like I wouldn't call him my dad. I'd call him my brother's father. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like I'd be, I'd be like Jeff. I saw your father last week. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't. We would all like try to you know set get to take our distance in a joking way. Sure, you know? of course. Because he really is a great guy, um, and uh, he's well, uh, very well liked. Everybody loves him, and uh, and it was just a situation of the alcoholism. You know, yeah. alcohol was just brutal. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I remember thinking. You know, hey, how could you drink? Why wouldn't you get that in check a lot earlier if you've got kids and all that? But now that I have two kids, I mean, he had four kids. His wife passes away, and two more kids move in when my aunt comes. I would have drank, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, the stress of the two kids, you know, and trying to raise them and all that stuff. I mean, you know. I'm drinking right now. My kids don't even live with me full time. (laughs) I I was, exactly. Just just to know, right? Just to know that they're coming. What do do you get them? Every other weekend? (laughs) I'll see them... uh... Uh, their last two days and then again on Friday. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the whole weekend. So yeah, I'm yeah. In it's a lot. But I'm jealous. My brother's got that setup going right now. It's like every other weekend he gets off. I'm like, man, I go, that's a score. I'm like, what do you do with all? What do you do with all your time? But yeah, no, divorce is tough. It's funny. I, I was just saying to someone the other day, I go to a because my brother just went through a divorce, and uh, I take it that's what happened. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep, correct. But it's funny when I go to a wedding. I hate to be a pessimistic, but when I go to a wedding, I see this half of the room is the room that's going to support her during the divorce, and this is the half that's going to support him during the divorce. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Oh yeah, you know this is the half that's going to call him an a hole. Uh huh. This is the half that's going to call her a tramp and a whore. <laughs> you know, it's like so. But everyone's happy that day. You know. But we'll see. But I'm still hanging on. But it's it's work, man. It's work. So you got two? Yeah, two daughters. Yeah. How about you? Two daughters, two boys. Two boys. Yeah, two yeah. boys. Yep. And my wife always wanted the two kids, and she actually was hoping um, that they were twins so that she only had to have sex with me once. <laughs> and uh, that backfired. What are you going to do? What Good for you. Do? Yeah, she can't have everything. <laughs> Way to go, man. Yeah. She's really annoying. She This just happened to me, too, this week. She just literally said to me, um, that she was acting weird to me. She was kind of, I'm like, what's up? She's like, my sister went to see a psychic and the psychic said that one of your sister's husbands is having an affair. <laughs> so I'm like, what? I got to defend myself for some crackpot psychic? <laughs> that you, are you kidding me right now? So it's either me or, or she's got one of the sisters, the two sisters. Uh, okay. It's Scott. And go, so said, one well, of us I, is cheating. And yeah. you're like, well, obviously yeah, it's, it's Scott. Be, it's got to be Scott. Yeah. It's got to be Scott. Now yeah. that's like you know I've had that I've had that same thing like when a uh, but it'll be like a dream instead of a psychic where you know I just had a dream that you cheated on me I okay I, I but I was right here next to you I, I know but it was real like it was so real that yeah. you and I was I a woke lot of up times I was that's crying in, that's in their head yeah and I actually talk about that I do a joke about that I oh basically, really I, I do a joke about because. This is a, a, from my act, my, from my new special that I'm recording uh, next month, actually. But basically, the, the gist of the joke is that um, I'm so pathetically faithful that in my dream, a woman wanted to have sex with me. And I said no because I was married. And I was in my dream. I said I was married in my dream. Right. So in my defense, I didn't realize it was a dream. I tried to fall asleep and get back in there. <laughs> but she's over there with her breathe right nose strip on. Her nose is whistling. You know, I'm like, basically, she's cock blocking me while she sleeps. Right. I'm trying to just get back into this dream, and she's not letting it happen. But what happened was a week or two later, she goes, I had a dream the other night that you cheated on me. And I'm like, how come I'm getting laid in your dreams and not my own? <laughs> I go, can you at least tell me what happened? Yeah. I go, this is pathetic. I go, I get the lamest dreams. I can't even get laid in my dreams. You know, so it's funny. Oh, I love it. So you did a show uh, last night. I did. One night down here at Acme. Just got in last night, yep. And then uh, I'm here all week. How did it go? How was last night? It was good. Yeah, this is, look, there's a handful of clubs in the country that uh, comics love to come 
too, and this is one of them. Yep. I don't know what it is. It's the everything from the crowds to the the staff and how they treat you here. Um, it really is. It really is a fun club to come to, and Absolutely. you kind of look forward to it. There's some of me look at the schedule and like, oh, I got to go here. Um, this is one you kind of look forward to. The crowds, the people are always nice, and uh, I've had n- nothing but good experiences here. I mean, I didn't get you know harassed on the light rail no um you know once that starts to happen which i i i took the train in from the uh uh, airport and i couldn't that was the that is the cleanest train station that i've ever seen in my life the floor is like shiny buffed up like i was like it was insane how clean this i bet that those other uh States don't pay as much tax as we do here. <laughs> yeah, I, whatever you do, and you, I, what do you guys pay for the the, the the guy who drives the Zamboni that buffs the floors? Yeah, because there's a lot of money going towards that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's making, uh, you know, he makes like ninety grand a year. Oh, there we go. No, I don't know. That's but, good. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. That's the taxes. Yeah. Probably. I'm telling you. But we're very proud. If my dad was homeless, this is where I would recommend he comes. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, really. It's clean streets. The streets well, are all clean. Although in the winter time, I was going to say how what, the weather in New way. Hampshire. How how would it it's be? very similar to here. I think you guys might have a little bit colder. Yeah, I think it's a little bit cold. I mean, you guys are like. I think I was here the first time I was ever here. It was like a below zero stretch. How many times have you been here? It's crazy. I believe this is my third, if not fourth, maybe my third. Yeah. So here in 010, I think one day. I think this is my third time. I think in 2010 I was here, and then a couple years before that was when it was super super cold. Oh, okay. Yeah. But last time, I think it was summer. Uh, yeah, I did winter, and then I did summer. So it was like 100, and it was like below zero, yeah. which is just an insane swing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which is crazy. Like the, you know. And today's October 3rd, and it's a high of like 75 today. Yeah, I but think. I heard it's going to get down to the 30s or something this weekend. Yeah, overnight, probably. So it's crazy, yeah. Be sure and uh, 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 plug your car in so the battery doesn't die at night. Yeah, I actually I took the train. So oh, as long okay. as that light rail runs, does that run all winter? They it, no, they it shuts down. Yeah, yeah, of course it runs all. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think so. Say. I never use it. So I bet during a snowstorm, you know, it's right. If you get enough snow, they got to close it, or do they got the big plow on the tracks that just? I wonder. Do they strap a plow? That'd be pretty cool if they could. Well, that's a plow what they have. Front. Do they? Yeah, they have. They usually have a train that's a plow. Sure, that's got a plow in the front of it. Yeah, I, I bet they do. They probably that's what they got do. back north in the Northeast. Yeah, yeah. So you just got into town yesterday? Isn't it? I just got in yesterday. Yep. Yeah. What and you- I and I it's funny because I sometimes I like to do jokes that are so fresh that people don't even know what happened. So you open with it and people haven't heard the news yet. Oh, but yeah. you know the whole thing with the American Airlines. Yeah, the, the, yep, seats the seats weren't bolted down. Yes. So I opened last night. Tried to open with a you know yeah I flew on American which is pretty sweet. My I was sitting in uh, in coach. And uh, but by the end of it, I was in first class, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Two people got it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, all right, that just happened. So yeah. I had moved on, you know. But uh, yeah, so I flew in, and uh, and then I'll head back Sunday. There's no show Sunday here, I don't believe. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's the only night of the week off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Monday yeah. Monday through Saturday. Yeah. I can tell you what your schedule is. Eight o'clock tonight, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two shows. Saturday, two eight shows. and ten thirty. Yeah. Eight and ten thirty. Yep. People got to come down and see those. Uh, so do you have any? What do you do when you, besides sit here and talk to me, what kind of other things do you do in Minneapolis, Minnesota when you got Well, some believe time it or not, everybody's like, every time I go to a city, they're like, oh, you've got to check out this, you've got to check out that. I got, I, I work like a lot. Like I got, I got, the, the, whether it's stuff on my promotional stuff or stuff I've got coming up or my writing, you know, I'm working on scripts, I'm working on productions. So I really work. Like I come and like all day I'm working. If I'm not doing this media and I've like I said, this is the second interview I've done today. I've got one again tomorrow. I'll have some media on Friday. So every day I've got some kind of media going on. And if I'm really can clear my schedule in a city, I'll try to go to like see a movie. But I mean, I, I did do Mall of America one time. I was like, you got to go to Mall of America. Yeah. And maybe I think I might do that maybe one more time if I can get a couple hours free. But I really do fill my days. Um, you know, there's strip clubs right around the corner. Well, there you go. I'll be in there all day. Uh, you know, my girlfriend <laughs> won't be home until six thirty, so uh, I got some free time. <laughs> if you have some I'm dollar so bills, so over strip clubs, it's not even I, fun. I, I, I'm just now at my age. I mean, I'm forty now, so you're just the old creepy guy. You know, when I was 21, I remember seeing the old guy and by himself in the strip club. I'm like, ooh, I don't want to be that guy. So, well, if I, yeah, I'm I not, do not want to be that. I, guy. I'm uh, not much younger than you, and yeah, if I. Yeah. If if I was going, yeah. not by myself. And let's not forget, when I was 21 and could go to a strip club, there was no internet. 
So it was pretty amazing to go to a strip club. Now it's with, almost it's almost more amazing that they're still in business. But I guess yeah, it's the human. It's true with the internet now. It's like I don't understand it. It's um well, I'm, but like the Hooters. Hooters used to be risque. Oh yeah. I mean Hooters now. It's like. Please. Oh, well, I bet you want to go to Hooters, don't you? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, oh, because they wear those uh, those yeah. skimpy outfits. Yeah, might as well be sweaters. Yeah. I mean, what are they? I mean, it, it, they're <laughs> now, yeah. they're so dressed up. I yeah, mean, I know. Forget about it. There's nothing yeah. in there. Well, the more remarkable thing is that how does um, how do like porn magazines and you know in the in sales how do they who's stay still in buying the yeah right, who's, who's still, still buying? buying the paper? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you at least got to go to a Kindle. <laughs> you know. I mean, I always thought that was weird at an airport. When you see them, they'll sell them at the airport. Oh, yeah. The magazines. yeah the like, first yeah. of all, who's buying it at the airport? Like, right. looking at a porn mag on the plane. Or I guess you're, I don't know what you're doing with it. But yeah, it is amazing that those stay in, uh, stay in business now. And you, and you, you know, realistically, all you need is a, uh, whatever machine will, uh, transmit your signal to you, you know, whatever your computer or whatever, because, you know, you could steal Wi Fi from some, you know. That's just it. I porn just, is free, free, free. That's what I'm saying. We're here is, to sell porn it's today. Free. If you're, free. If you're if you're paying for porn, you, you, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you just I mean, need to paying for porn, especially in these tough times. Come on, thank God there's free porn. Let's solve problems here. Yeah, I've just heard of a story that was about a guy that was selling uh, his plasma, like blood. Yeah. Like twice a week to pay for his internet for his family, and I'm like, well, that's a little weird. I mean, just go to like the parking lot at Wendy's, do like the free, you know, Wi-Fi Wendy's hotspot or something. That's what it's called, amazed. by the way. It's called Wendy's hotspot, which nice. I just think is funny. That's the name of their wireless <laughs> network at Wendy's. Is it really? Yeah, Wendy's hotspot. <laughs> Doesn't that sound weird? That, I'm on Wendy's hotspot. I'll right tell you now. what, I don't yeah. think Dave approved that. Yeah, I don't think so. They had to have thought that out. <laughs> Wendy's, I'm, I'm not even lying. I believe. You. I mean, I go check you. it. I mean, if I remember correctly, if I'm speaking from, if I remember, I'm almost positive it's Wendy's hotspot because I remember just looking and going, huh? Oh. Yeah, I found Wendy's hotspot. She was 18, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It's just wrong, right? It yeah. is. It's wrong on many levels. I'm with you. Oh. So you, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Tell me, tell him, tell me about some of the things you're working on right now. Go into more detail. Let's hear it. Well, I've got, uh, I've got some. I've had a busy year. Let's go um, scripts. That's one of the things you mentioned. Well, scripts. What I did was I wrote and created a web series uh, a couple of years ago about a fictitious, uh, about a volunteer fire department in the fictitious town of Effing Woods, New Hampshire. Okay. Okay. Put it online. It starred Gary Valentine, uh, Kevin James's brother, who's on the cousin Danny on King of Queens. Yeah. Um, Lenny Clark from Rescue Me, mm-hmm. and uh, he was the father in Chelsea Handler's new show that has since I think got canceled. But Chelsea Handler's sitcom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, had them in it. Uh, we shot it. Put it on the web. Um, Dennis Leary saw it. Contacted us. His production company wanted to develop it, try to sell it to TV. Long story short, we uh, sold it to IFC, the Independent Film Channel, mm-hmm. developing it as a script, as a, as a TV show. Um, at this point, it's not getting, it's not going to go on IFC. You know, they develop stuff, and for whatever reason, it doesn't fit in with what they're looking to do or the direction they're going. I thought it was a weird fit anyway, but I'm like, hey, if you want to, you know, do this, let's let's give it a shot. Long story short, I'm sh- shooting it now next year as a as a full feature. Oh wow! And I'm so I'm raising money for that. I'm going to shoot it next year. So there's that I'm working on as far as a script goes, um, stand up wise. And you can get back to that too if we want. But I'll just tell you the things yeah, I've yeah. got going on my plate right now. Stand up wise, uh, my new special I'm recording October 20th in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, so that's my new hour that I'm self producing because my last one was on uh, Comedy Central and Warner Brothers did it so I don't own it oh. so if I want to sell it at a show I have to buy a CD for 7 or 8 bucks and sell it for 10 <laughs> it's like a $2 mar- you know what I mean it's like are you kidding me I mean you know make 30 bucks for the whole week yeah in merch you know not worth it so, uh, so long story short um, I'm doing that myself self-producing that and then I've got a uh, uh, a, a small couple lines and uh, here comes the boom which comes out next week really uh, the Kevin James Henry Winkler movie have you seen a preview for that yet i have i uh, met kevin james this morning you did yeah is he here yeah he's in minnesota yeah what's he doing 
<laughs> well, I might have to edit this out, but because uh, oh. no, I mean we don't have it's up oh, to Josh. Oh. No, we could talk about it. Is he's, he doing media? Or yeah, he's just here doing media. Yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's doing he was doing radio this morning. He came in along with uh, ba- Boss Rootin. Boss Rootin. Oh, they're doing the promo. Yeah, and then tonight they're at the Mall of America, like you mentioned, and they're doing. Oh. Um, some red carpet thing and they're oh, signing man. autographs. Well, he's awesome. I mean, Kevin is, like, Kevin is is the only two movies I've ever been in is because of Kevin James. He's hey, I knew, met him. I'm friends with his brother uh, Gary Valentine. This great guy from L.A. And we hung out, and I kind of got to got to meet. You know, that's how I, I I got to meet Kevin. And so they put me in uh, the zookeeper. I was the hotel manager when he oh, when he seen it. when he pees in the plant. I just go up and say, "Hey, you know, there's a public restroom not 20 feet from here." And then they put me on a ref, really small part. I don't even know if it got cut out. Yet. Oh, you do, so you don't know? Is, if I haven't made seen it. the screening. Is it screening tonight somewhere? And you might have to cut this out and know, but yeah. I've got to look into like that. When you're on stage. But anyway, I've got a really, really small part. I mean, I literally like, fight already, fight already, let's do this. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's really, I'm just the ref. Um, but it's still really cool. And uh, Kevin James, uh, so far, has been like the, you know, he's been like the best thing for my career as far as that goes. He, he put me on the King of Queens, a couple of movies, so he's just a great guy, and I uh, can't say enough about him. What did you do in the yeah. King of Queens? Uh, I was an EMT in the ambulance. Um I uh, he was faking a heart attack. I don't know if you ever saw that episode where he fakes. Probably he can't remember his wife's uh, coworkers' names, and she's busting his chops about it. Uh-huh. Like, so what he did was he uh, uh, <laughs> a coworker comes up to Kevin, and and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, you know who he is?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, it's uh," and then he fakes a heart attack. He grabs his chest and collapses. Right. I'm in the ambulance with him. And I'm like, can you describe the pain? He's like, it's tingling down my right arm. And I'm like, well, the heart attack would be your left arm. He goes, that's what I meant. I switched it for you. My left, your right, you know, about yeah, this yeah. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So that was the scene. And yeah. it was just, yeah. So that, and that was when I was living out in uh, California. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but I did not know that, that he was in town. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a much bigger star than I am. So. <laughs> I, I he's a pretty f- big star. He's I want to find out if that's going to screen because I still want to see if I'm cut out, how much I've got. Is it just because in the trailer, you can see my head. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you been? My face goes down like that. I'm in that that first. Yeah. Do you have any stories of being this close to being in like a movie or a TV or you know the the close calls? Well, I mean the close calls were um, you know stuff I had just missed. I mean after I did that first King of Queens, I got two other calls from producers to do uh, other parts on it. And you know you just want to do as many of those as you can. You just more leads to more kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was booked at comedy clubs actually both times. I didn't want to cancel like the week out. You know they get the script and then a week oh we get a couple lines here, a couple lines there. Sure. Um, so I've missed a bunch of that like little small parts. Um, I missed a you know there was a show Sidney Lumet the late director he was a famous director did Serpico he was yep. a fan you, you know who I'm talking about I know the name yeah um, I, I I did a thing on his show called 100 Center Street it was on A&E for a while um, it had some pretty big names in that show and I did a, a, a quite a few lines and a part on that he then cast me in another role without even auditioning um, a bigger role that would have been amazing. It was the same week I was putting my one-man show up in L.A. at the HBO workspace, so I couldn't do it. But it would have been the biggest, and this was now 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been the best thing that I'd done yet, and it would Damn. have been then, and then that, who knows? I mean, it was it was a really nice part, and he just was going to give it to me based on the last one I had done. Yeah. Um. So that was one that I, you know. But, yeah, I don't have any stories like, yeah, I was almost... Uh, they wanted me to be you know, Indiana Jones. Want, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't have any big stories. I was almost the new Spider Man, <laughs> but I was at Acme last time, and they went with this other guy because they were like, "Toby's not doing it. Yeah, we want McGinney. Yeah, you Spider Man. You up for it? Yeah." And so, then they went another way and I got don't a have Brit. Any of those. Yeah. So who knows? Those no, I've. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever heard like uh, Jimmy Pardo had some uh, scene in. Uh, uh, was not Dream Girls? Is that what the movie's called? Dream Girls. Dream Girls. The, Eddie Murphy's in it, and the chick from American Idol, and she won an Academy Award. And I can—I know the movie you're talking about. And I can yes. describe everything th- I know you're from it except about. the name of the movie. She does that. Uh, well, Jimmy Pardo tells a story that he filmed a scene introducing one of the bands in that, and then it—you know—the movie went on to make you know it won all these awards and all this yeah. stuff, and he got cut out. 
Yeah, well, that happens. You definitely you cut out. I mean, even the the zookeeper, my part was longer than that, and they cut yeah. out the other line. I, there was it then comes back to me, and I go, "Well, let me know if you next time you get the urge, I'm here." And I hand him my business card. Like that whole thing got cut out, yeah. so it was definitely a longer scene. So people miss it. Like people that know me will watch the movie and go, "You were in that?" I mean, that's how. But if that other line had been in it, it would have it, it would have like you know what I mean. It yeah. would have been yeah, just yeah. long enough mm-hmm. where you remember it. Uh, but I'm like a you blink and you miss it kind of guy. So this thing you work this. Uh... <clears throat> That you're trying to make in a major motion picture, and you're working on some funding. Are you going to be acting in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The star. I'm going to be one of the co-stars. Yep, yep. Write it and, and all that stuff. And that's. Do you it. want to say how are you? How are you working on the funding? <coughs> um, are you doing I've the got pledge people, this thing? I've got people. The what thing? Wasn't it called like pledge this? Or? Oh, like our Kickstarter. Kickstarter all that stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not. That's um, trendy right now. It is trendy, but I think that that's lower money level. Like you know, that's I've got to try to get. A million dollars. Yeah, not like So 20, I came 000. to Minnesota to see if some of your podcast listeners <laughs> had some cash. And I sure. don't want I don't want a grand here to I'm talking I'm fifty G's. I need fifty G's a pop. I need how many people for a million dollars? I only need twenty people. Well you Is that know, right? I have a twenty people for, you. for fifty G's? You got fifty G's I right have a there checkbook for me. Right oh, here. Justin, thank you. I'm going to uh, uh fifty G's. I'm gonna write this off you right now. So we have to raise nine hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Phone lines are open. So I'm gonna go ahead and write this out to J U S T help me out here. Owen. Uh, if it's I an am... I, my bank won't even cash okay, it. Okay, so I'm my bank this. won't even cash the I. Okay, I have this one Justin. Okay. It's very annoying. <laughs> it's very annoying. Um well, that's really neat. I, uh, if you get this movie made, you're gonna get this movie made. I, I, why am I saying if? Yeah, I will get it made. Yeah. Um, it's a, it, um, uh, it, it's gonna be a huge undertaking, but it's very rewarding. And uh, you know, we'll see. I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna, you know, do the best I can and make it be, you know, just as funny as I can make it. And uh, if you uh, want to come and film a few scenes here, I could play an EMT or something. We will need some of those. Okay. Well, you know, that's why I'm even doing it, because I had that huge role as an EMT. That's what I'm I mean, saying. That's the springboard. Yeah. I mean, you know, they had an opportunity to do a spinoff then, and they didn't take it. <laughs> so. EMT school. Be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> we were talked a little bit before we started recording today, and you reminded me of a picture of, well, actually, you said something, and I remembered a picture I saw on your Facebook page, or the fan page of you. In a uniform uh, next to George Bush, the old one. Bush one, yes, I'm definitely showing my age. Let me tell you why I posted that on my Facebook page, which is uh, Justin with an O, McKinney, Justin McKinney, Facebook. Like now, do page. I write out with an O? Oh, Justin, well, I almost was going to change my last name, you joke, to with an O. <laughs> Justin with an O. I'm just going to make my last name with an O. There you go. Um, but this is what happened. This is why that ended up on that. I went and saw old President Barack Obama speak in my hometown. My mm-hmm. dad calls me up, says, I got two tickets, you want to go? I says, I'll go. So I put a photo up on my page of me at the Barack Obama speech, and what do you think people said? What? A liberal? You know, I'm disappointed. Haven't we spent... It just got all this politically charged, people upset, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, first of all, I go, it's a sitting... Pre- our, our president was speaking in my hometown. I go, I wanted to go and see it. I go, don't read into it. I'm not, I didn't say, hey, everyone, go Obama, yeah. 2012. I didn't tell you who to vote for. It was just me there. Everyone got wound up. So I go, to make it fair, here's me with a Republican. Uh-huh. And I showed me, back when I used to protect George H. Bush. Yes. And so, <clears throat> long story short, I did used to have to do, when I was a cop in the 1990s in uh, Maine, Kenny Bunkport, I wasn't, that wasn't the town I worked. I was a sheriff. I was a county sheriff. So I worked the rural patrol up in the woods, um, up out in the sticks. And, but when the president came in, they needed every cop they could get. So I did like the detail, you know, I would be the outermost security ring. You know what I mean? So if something happened, if if someone got shot, you hear a gun, I'm dead. And then, you know, they know there's a problem. (laughs) You know, I was like that first line of defense. You're the bulletproof vest. Making nine, nine eighty nine an hour. Wow. um, And I'm out there. And um, and I'll never forget it because when I was in the cruiser, I'd have my cruiser there at the checkpoint, you know, checking cars, make sure they all live down there. Anyone that's crossing, you know, on the road, sure, there would be a secret service agent would also be sitting in the passenger seat with me, so I would be there. And I'll uh, never forget it. All the guy kept saying was, "Where can we get some hookers around here?" And, uh, 
Um, that was. <laughs> I'm kidding. Nice. I'm kidding. They knew there were none in Maine. It's probably a lot like Minnesota, right? The, our only hookers are like pregnant, and we got yeah. all that stuff going on. Um, so I posted that photo, and then people were saying, "Oh, yeah, that's that's a fake smile, or you don't look happy." Oh, yeah. So they're jumping all over that. When at the time, I mean, it's the president. It didn't matter who it was. That was a very cool moment in my life Absolutely. i was very proud yeah but if you look at the look on my face it was just a really you know powerful like you know expression i thought i was making i didn't think i was making like a half a smile or anything yeah. so anyway i had to then put on my page you know look calm down everybody i don't know who i'm voting for yet i'm still up in the air i said i have a gay four-year-old that can't find a job <laughs> what would you do i don't know what to do so that's that's where that all came. Yeah, who do you believe in for that four year old? I don't know. It's like what a, it's you know. I'm really at a crossroads. Here. Oh, that's funny. But and uh, well, let's t- uh, t- tell me about the policeman job. What do you want to know? How did you? Is that what you wanted to be when you grew? up? Did little Justin want to be a policeman? Well, little Justin um, was really destined to become a cop because I grew up. On all cops, they were always over the house arresting my dad, <laughs> and all my whole family hated cops. Yeah. Like I was like the white sheep okay. of the family. <clears throat> the first time I came home in my police car, they didn't know it was me, and they all like went running out the back door. Like they literally didn't know it was me. <laughs> um, so uh, I used to watch Chips was my show, Punch, Punch and John. John. Oh hell yeah! And you know, and I actually. I liked because of that show. I mean, I really I liked the police. I mean, I looked at it was funny because you know the cops would come over because the dog was loose or something, and I'd let the officer in my house, and he'd be standing there in the living room, and he'd be just really nice and t- tell. I'm like, "What's that?" And he's like telling me what stuff is on his belt, and he's and my dad would come down the stairs, you know, still intoxicated. Right. From the night before, you know, get the F out of the house, you know, and it'd like chase the cop out of the house, you know, and the cop would like be backpedaling and like shut the door. Like, I never forgot that. And the look on the cop's face was like this crazy guy, you know, I was being nice to you, you know what I mean? Here he was being really nice to this little kid, and you know what I mean? And and he gets pushed out, you know, by this crazy guy. Sorry, kid. And he's like, all right, well, you got just make sure you get your dog. And the cop just left, you know what I mean? The cop didn't, you know what I mean? Because I kind of like let the the cop in, you know? So anyway, long story short, uh, when I became a cop, I uh, I was a really good cop. I mean, I treated everybody kind of like they were like my dad, and I almost wanted to change their mind if you didn't like cops. You know what I mean? And I and that that worked really well for me. You know, I was well liked, and and uh, you know, never thought I was better than anyone because I was a cop. Never had any of the, and that's how I kind of. Uh, you know, because every because most of the guys you worked with felt that. I way. I wouldn't say most of the guys I work with where I worked because <laughs> but there are some. Well, it was a everywhere. small department, but I will say that for sure there's, um, you know, there's that whole you know big badge. You know what I mean? That whole thing, the power and all yeah. this stuff, and it's it's this whole ego thing. And I I just learned at a um, you know at a really early age the way you treat people is just so much. You know, escalation is. Is huge depending on what you throw out there. Sure, you know, and when I was one guy, it was fourteen towns, five hundred square miles. I had no backup. Like my backup was was could be an hour away. You know what I mean? So it was like you know, you're all all by yourself. I mean, you 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 know you can't be up there. You know, you know, acting like you're you're all that. I mean, so you, you were know, what like a twenty some year old uh, cop running? I the... was nineteen when I was hired. No kidding. On patrol, I was so young. They they you, they never hired under twenty one. They made an exception, I think. Because of, um, I think, well, I worked in the jail first. I was a jail guard yeah. at 18. Yeah. So they got to see me working in the jail. And if they hadn't have done that, there's no way they would have hired me at 19. Yeah. But I honestly can say, I mean, I could argue I was more mature then than I am now. I mean, I've probably gotten more immature as I've gotten older. Um, <laughs> I was just really, uh, I took it very seriously, and I really tried to, you know, set a good example. And um I could remember that's where I learned, you know, the value of how you dealt with people. I was uh, uh, in the jail, and uh, when a new inmate would come in and try to challenge the guard, you know, he'd try to, like, you know, all the other inmates would be like, no, not him. Really? Leave him alone. Like, they would stick up for me. And it was nothing more than I treated them like a person. 
you know, I treated them like I didn't wasn't any better than them. They were they you know I had a job to do, yeah. But they you know they were just there. They they were that they, they got themselves in this situation. Well, but it doesn't like- mean so that went a long way, and that that even helped me on the street because I had people that that were in the jail that like ended up. So that just uh, that was just the the way I uh, went about it. Well, it sounds like you ended up with a great career there. I yeah, I mean, I was probably going to be if I didn't get into comedy, I would have been a uh, police chief probably somewhere. You know, and, and and even law enforcement ethics, I I would have enjoyed uh, teaching. I mean, look, I mean, this is kind of off topic. I mean, it's more of a serious um, serious thing, but I really believe in that. You know, the profession as a whole, it's so important to our society. Is mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean? So I really um, having good cops, I think, is just really, really, uh, really important, and is like the backbone of our you know law and order mm-hmm. and all that. It's what Absolutely. separates us and. And uh, you want to get the right people to become cops. And if everyone's looking at cops like they're, you know, and they don't respect them and they have this, you know what I mean? It's like it just, mm-hmm. it, then the good people don't want to get into the field. And then you're attracting the people that do just want the power. So yeah, it's this vicious yeah. cycle yeah. of, you know what I mean? And I always, you know, so, uh, you know, so that's where, where, where I kind of sit with it. It's, I've been out of it for since 97, but I still have a passion and an interest in uh, in law enforcement, you know, and especially, you Sounds know. Sounds like it. You know, yeah. There's a big, uh, not a, well, it was on the front page of the one of the newspapers uh, locally today. I don't know if you saw St. Paul, uh, their first Somali born uh, police officer was being sworn in today I, or yesterday. I did not see that. Yes. But that sounds like um, that would have been extremely rare where I'm from. <laughs> Um, for sure. Yeah. I don't think we had anybody from Somalia. Yeah. Um, actually, in fact, it's funny because I was doing stand-up in New York City, and um, after I got off stage, this black man came up to me and says, were you really a cop? And I'm like, um, yeah, I, I did it for like, you know, five or six years. And he's like, you ever mistreat a black man while you're up there working? And I'm like, um, to be honest, I never saw a black man <laughs> while I was up there working. Never had the and opportunity. And it's true. But I told I go, but I'll be honest, if I did, I probably would have pulled him over and given him directions because he's probably lost. <laughs> That's a complete true story. That's like the guy story. came up to me at the club and I'm like, you're a twist street of black man. And I'm, you know, so um yeah, if you were uh if you were a racist cop up where I worked, you would have been very frustrated. Yeah. Like I mean there wouldn't have been any, you know, I no mean one if, to be you, mad if, at. if you were looking to yeah, if you were looking to bust balls <laughs> on uh yeah, no, it was uh I, I didn't experience or didn't see it and didn't grow up. That's a whole other thing. I mean, geez, you can talk about talk about that for hours, but it's interesting because people that aren't from New England think that because there's not a lot of minorities up there, it is very predominantly white mm-hmm. that there'd be more racist and I never experienced any racism, never saw it until I got out moved into like the cities or you go down south, but up where I'm from. Yeah. I mean, it was never even, you know, we had, uh, we had a, a black kid and a black girl in our school. We had a, a boy and a girl and it was, they might as well just had blonde hair and red hair. Like yeah. as much as it was just a feature, like anything else, no one ever thought, or I never heard anyone say anything. Even if someone showed up with like a really dark tan after Negative. spring break. Well, <laughs> well, I mean that would have, uh, doubled the population, <laughs> but it would have, uh, it, you know, it definitely, uh, but anyway, I just, that, that's a whole other interesting thing. Like I never, uh, you know, never understood that. What kind of, I, I want to ask what kind of, uh, what was the crime? What, what sort of things were you were you dealing with in these fourteen? Well, <clears throat> believe it or not, I had everything from uh, you know a lot of mailboxes getting smashed. <sighs> okay. um, I had a big ring, uh, yeah. pumpkin thefts. Uh-huh. Had some of that. Yeah. Um, but I actually did also have uh, you know guns you know pulled on me or almost had to shoot. Uh, you know, almost had to had to use my gun a couple times. You know, you had the whole um, guy barricaded himself in his house and threatened to shoot the first cop that showed up. I'm like, well, that's me. Yeah. I'm the only cop. You know what I mean? I'm like, am I getting paid enough for this? You yeah, know? Yeah. I remember thinking, uh, yeah, can you check with County 16? See if he can handle that. I'm yeah. tied up. Um, but, uh, you know, so I've had, I've had everything, the whole, you know, gamut of, uh, of stuff. The closest I ever came to firing my gun, uh, to shooting somebody was a, uh, I had an alarm call at a strip mall. And the alarm's going off, right. and I'd never been to the strip mall before because, like I said, we got 14 towns, and I hadn't been, I hadn't seen everything, you know. So I've got my gun out, and I'm going across, you know, looking through the windows of all these uh, um, 
stores. There's like a laundromat, then there's a hardware store, and I'm looking in the hardware store, and I get to the next one. I didn't know it at the time, but it was a video store. There was like a huge cutout of Arnold Schwarzenegger with a gun pointed right at me. No, no, no. My heart leapt out of my chest. I came this close. I didn't fire. It would be a way better story. (laughs) Trust me. If I would be famous if I would have shot that thing. And if I went back, I would have shot him because I came so close that it would literally like my trigger. The only reason I didn't shoot was at the last second I saw Tom Hanks. Like standing behind him. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, that's a true story, and I didn't end up shooting. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god! Oh, Tommy. And it literally was like, <clears throat> I mean, a lot was going through my head. I mean, in that split second, I'm like, all right, what is Arnold Schwarzenegger doing in Buxton, Maine, and why does he have Tom Hanks hostage? Yeah, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but that was the closest I came. And you know, I've had to shoot deer and moose, and I got stories about all that and I've done material about all that sure. stuff too it's on my on my website and stuff yeah. and on some of my CDs but um this is a, an actual story back in the 90s um you know it's 500 square miles as a cop and I had a person uh, that was back when you had peak minutes and off peak minutes and all oh, that yeah. were all the plans right yeah I had someone that was threatening to kill themselves and they wanted to you know and, and they wanted to talk to the cop but they didn't give us cell phones I'd use my own personal cell phone so they patch him through to my cell phone I'm like an hour away and I'm like the whole time I'm thinking this guy was to kill himself he's got to do it during peak I'm like I'm <laughs> he's eating my minutes it's going to cost me money he's like it's just not worth it anymore and I'm like it's not worth it you damn right it's not worth it I'm paying like freaking a buck a minute right now I go you're killing me over here but I love it. I got a lot of material out of that job, you know? I bet. And, you know, I lived in a trailer park when I was a cop, you know? So my police car came home with me, so everybody in the trailer park knew that the cop friggin' lived there. So I'm like a cop <laughs> living in a trailer park? That's like a prostitute living at a frat house. There you go. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get much sleep. No. <clears throat> but when I first moved in to the uh, to the trailer park, um, they didn't know the cop was moving in. You know, they saw the police car, and everyone was, like, gathering outside there's like a bunch of people started to gather to see who i was coming out with oh like dropping waiting. off yeah, they, they, yeah they thought i was like picking you know arresting somebody i'm yeah. like waiting yeah. then the cruiser just sat there all night and the next day i go out on my deck and I, my neighbor was like i think that guy stole a police car he thought i stole the police i thought that car. was the first thing you were gonna say yeah. actually they just assumed you stole it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great <laughs> crazy um let's say you got a, a role in a huge movie you're making millions that leads to another one that leads to a sitcom Five years down the road, then you've got the uh, the syndication money. You still doing stand up? I think I'd always do stand up. Yeah, I think I'd be more selective mm-hmm. at what I did um, and the frequency of the traveling. But um, I think I'll always do it because I get bored. I mean, I literally, I still go do an open mic every week. Do you? And every Tuesday near where I live, and. It's all just stuff that I've thought of in the last seven days from the last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's just I take out my little – it's all my iPhone there. I have my little pad, and I just look through what is it – You know, what have I got this week? And I'll just go up there and just riff on it, just yeah. throw it up. If it's not a joke yet, which sometimes it's not. Sure. You know, and it's like – and then I just throw it out. So I enjoy it. Like if – and look, this is a good example. If I just go to my notepad now, right? Yeah, let's see. Some of this stuff isn't even, um, uh, you know, isn't even isn't even close to there yet. Uh, yeah, what do I, some of it's just point. Phantom of the Opera. I took my ex girlfriend to Phantom of the Opera, but I'm so cheap that I didn't want to put it in the garage or valet park it, so I parked at the meter. So I had to leave during the show to feed my meter. Like I still remember, and like we broke up. You no, know, no wonder. You know what I mean? Like yeah. looking back, that was probably a bad call. Yeah. But it was just that story. I just put that story. In. I don't know where it's going to go. Where it's going to. But these yeah. these are just my thoughts because as things happen. Um, the line I actually said to you earlier was one I just came up with today, and it was one I actually threw it out to you because you said stuff you've worked on and you haven't – because I did the th- this other that other thing for NPR today, but my parent, family always made sure that there was alcohol and cigarettes on the table. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, but, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's like a thing I've never never done on stage before. So all of this stuff – so if I'm, if I'm going through um, – I want to work on this premise. I hate to judge, but I can look at a group of toddlers and tell who the screw-ups are going to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like when I go to my kid's daycare. You know what I mean? The kid that's always got a stick and is hitting things with the stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just look at the kids, right? Yeah. That one's going to be a druggie. You know, that one's gonna be, you know what I mean? I mean, I hate to judge at that age, but, you know, druggie, as we used to call them. Um, that one that's already – the one that's four that's already drinking Coca-Cola. That's right. You know? Um, but it's all uh, – this was something I wrote. My ex left me. 
uh, because I was a struggling comedian and found out she left me for some guy that was some kind of farmer or uh, far- pharmacist, something. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I was just playing with that play on words, you sure, know? Sure. So, uh, oh, this I played with it because I'm always writing cop jokes. Even this is – the and uh, I wasn't a good shot. Like I was not very good. Normally you shoot the target. And it would be, uh, you know, you want center mass. You want all your shots to come into this. Well, if you, as long as you hit the black, the silhouette, you know, you've seen the silhouette targets. As yeah. long as you hit the arm, as long as it's on the black, it touches. Even if it skims the black, it's a shot. It's a count. Okay. Right? So I was just playing with this whole thing. I, I would be, if I was in a shootout, I, there'd be a lot of arm shots. You know what I mean? I'd have a lot. And if, 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 if my partner was ever taken hostage and it was that scene like in uh, – 48 hours right. where he's holding he goes take him out yeah, yeah. shoot him I go yeah. you wouldn't want me to, to do that you know <laughs> I'd be like I would fire and I would miss both of them yeah. and then they'd be like what the frig was that and I'd be like that was a warning shot <laughs> I'm not messing around you know or something like I'd have to cover yeah, sure. but like that it. was just but that was just like a thought I had and like so a lot of times I just throw all this stuff up this is just in the, I'm only in the last two days by the way everything I've given you so far I like when uh, people stick with uh, you know kind of how they started yeah. I like that I like that. You don't need to turn into a big superstar. You know, I mean, it's okay. You should get all the money and success you have, but you know, don't forget what got you there. With me, it's more about just taking care of my family. You know, yeah. To be honest, I mean, oh, yeah. now that you got kids, it's like that's my priority now. You know. Uh yeah. Uh, we could talk about that off the air here. I yeah. only have uh, five jobs, so tell me about it. It's crazy. Not kidding. Um, as a former police officer, uh, did you hear about this one? This was a uh, this was a story. On Sunday afternoon, she was photographed taking a joyride on the back of a manatee. Yeah, it's a second-degree misdemeanor that could uh, get her up to 60 days in jail. To ride a manatee? She was riding a manatee. She found one in the ocean and started swimming on it, and because they're an endangered species. Wow. (laughs) It's a second-degree misdemeanor. Really? No, I didn't hear that. But it reminds me of, in Maine, it's against the law to shoot a moose while he's swimming. Did you know that? No. You cannot shoot a moose while he's swimming. So I tell people the best time to get him is right after he eats, the 30 minutes right after he eats, <laughs> before he goes into the water. And I'm, I'm right? And I said, <laughs> and I argue because my brother got in trouble for shooting a moose while he was swimming. And they so, and he was like, well, what if he's trying to get in your boat? You know, then it's self-defense. self-defense. Yeah. Unless he's trying to get in your boat. That's yeah. very good. <laughs> I got him. Uh, let's see what this reminds you of from your uh, copper days. Uh, Michael D. Nash, he's suing the government because they gave his penis frostbite at the VA hospital. Two years ago, he got a penile implant, and nurses kept ice packs on his groin for 19 hours after the surgery. He got frostbite, gangrene set in, doctors had to amputate a five inch chunk of his wiener, and he's suing for 10 mil. Reminds me of a girl I used to date. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. brought back a lot of memories. Um, no, well, look, I don't how know much what... Of, how much of your chunk did you lose in I here? don't know what to say about that other than, uh, yeah, he should get some money. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It's one thing if you if you remove the penis, but you get frostbite, then you get it removed. That's just an awful story. And it, well, it sounds like he still has some. They describe it as a five-inch chunk. <sighs> if, wow, I don't feel bad for a guy at five inches yeah, is so a chunk. Yeah, so first of all, dude... Five inches, they would have to stretch mine <laughs> to get to five inches. First they stretched it out. Yeah, which it does remind me of a, a friend of mine who his wife just uh, left him for another for a woman. He's all bummed out. And I'm like, I wouldn't be as upset if my wife left me for a woman. Because it's, like, it's not like I'm not manly enough or my manhood. It's not like because your penis was too small. Yeah. It was too big. Yeah. Apparently, no, whatever size, it was too big. <laughs> like she couldn't handle my two inches. <laughs> She had to go to vagina. That, what a, yeah, what a great way. <laughs> I would want her to leave me for that. She, Especially yeah, if you get she kids. left me. Like, I didn't ruin it. I got, you know, your mom wanted to, you know. Ruined it. I ruined her. Yeah, exactly. He's got a good story to tell. Yeah. Uh, so where do you, uh, where do people find you online? JustinMcKinney.com, and it's Justin with an O. That's as right. we talked about. Um, I got a YouTube channel. Where I post videos, hose the, the the firefighter shows. Got some clips up there. Um, I've got a Facebook page, Twitter. I'm at Just On Comedy. I'm trying to get the name out there. Just, Just On, on comedy. comedy. There you go. All right. I don't know if that's a good idea, but that's something I had to try to do. I like it because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Just On Comedy. Just On Comedy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Justin, thank you. Thanks for having me.